Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, the 22nd day of June 2023. The Italian astronomer Galileo is in deep doo-doo with a church in Rome in 1633, and they force him to recant his views that the sun and not the earth is the center of the universe. We now know neither position is accurate, but Galileo was more correct. It's easy to just say the church, but in fact, Galileo appeared before what is known as the Holy Office, essentially the Supreme Court of the Catholic Church, charged with defending the faith and doctrines. The region known as Canada today was largely settled by the French, at least what was settled, it remains an open land. When the French lost the Seven Years' War with the British, they gave up their claims to the region. Here in North America, the local fighting was known as the French and Indian War. In 1774, with things heating up in the colonies and fear the French Canadians might side with the colonists, Parliament passes the Quebec Act. It covers present-day Ontario and Quebec, but reaches to the Ohio and Missouri rivers. That takes in Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. The major point was it allowed Catholics to hold public office and removed an oath to the Church of England, a major concession to the French. A highly toxic cloud from an Icelandic volcano reaches the coast of France in 1783. With Iceland being far to the north, the cloud had circulated in from the north and east in a counterclockwise direction. Initially, direct deaths were significant but relatively low compared to the lingering effects on the weather. In 1807, there was nearly another war between the British and the new United States. It might be argued that we were prodding the Brits. They were the naval power on the seas and did not take kindly to desertion. And there was the issue of press gangs that would take sailors off the streets and press them into lengthy service in His Majesty's Navy. Britain and France were warring, and America tried to stay neutral. French and British ships were in American ports, and British ships were blockading Chesapeake Bay. Several British soldiers had deserted and were giving sanctuary, even embarking on an American vessel. The fact was quite well known. On this day, a British warship fires on an American ship. The Brits board the American ship and arrest the suspected deserters. The Brits had no issue with pressing American sailors who were British-born or had served in the British Navy. As a result, America will attempt to boycott both countries, and the affair will be a contributing factor to the later War of 1812. The long series of events that led to the removal of the Cherokee from the East is a complicated affair, with those on both sides who were willing to negotiate and those that held unrelenting positions. This would include different positions by President Van Buren and Jackson. A group of Cherokee had negotiated a removal treaty, but when it was signed, the whole nation was upset as the group did not represent the larger opinion. On this day in 1839, three of the leaders who had signed the treaty were assassinated. 1918 was a very dark day in the history of the circus. In the early morning hours of the 22nd, a circus train operated by the Hagenbeck Wallace Circus was near its destination of Hammond, Indiana, and was stopped on the tracks with mechanical issues. An empty troop train missed several warnings of the stopped train, 
and slammed into the rear with little brake application. The engineer later admitted he was asleep. 86 members of the circus troupe were killed outright, and another 127 injured. Of the 25 acts that comprised the circus, only one was intact when the next performance took place on the 25th. Unless you're a historian of circus lore or know a bit about the French Lick West Baden, Indiana history, the name Hagenbeck Wallace is not familiar. As was common, it was a merger of earlier shows. One of the major owners was Ed Ballard, owner of the West Baden Hotel. And for a few years, they wintered at West Baden. Hagenbeck Wallace was a strong rival to the more famous Ringling Brothers Circus. They will recover from the 1918 train wreck. And in the summer of 1929, the owners of Hagenbeck Wallace will approach Ringling Brothers with an offer to purchase their circus and merge the two shows. John Ringling will counter with a $1.7 million offer to purchase Hagenbeck Wallace, an offer the owners could not refuse. The deal is signed in mid-October, days before the stock market crash. In today's money, that's $30 million. The Pledge of Allegiance is formally adopted in 1942. The Cuyahoga River in Cleveland, Ohio catches fire in 1969. The event will draw national attention to water pollution and the creation of the Environmental Protection Agency. Virgin Atlantic Airlines makes its inaugural flight in 1984 from London to Newark, New Jersey. In 1990, Checkpoint Charlie is dismantled in Berlin. It was one of a handful of gates in the Berlin Wall. After World War II, Germany was occupied by the four Allied powers, which included the Soviet Union. Soviet-controlled areas became increasingly repressed and mirrored conditions in Russia proper. By the late 50s, hundreds of thousands of Germans crossed the border each year to live in the West. In 1961, East Germany closed the border to immigration and enforced that with a hard, well-guarded fence. No place was more clear than in Berlin. The former German capital was located in East Germany, but a large portion was controlled by the non-Soviet parties, making it a western island in the east, and a place where the border was the strongest. In November of 1989, with authorities no longer enforcing the wall, it was dismantled by citizens. With the wall no longer in place, the gate was only a symbol. It's a rather sad day. I read where Deer and Company has stopped production of the moldboard plow. This is significant for a couple of reasons. The plow has been a symbol of farming for at least a few centuries and maybe more. Secondly, a steel plow was what put an average blacksmith by the name of John Deere on the map in 1837. A friend posted earlier this spring that there's some research supporting the idea that an occasional plowing with the traditional moldboard has benefits. In the early 80s, with concern for wind erosion and fuel costs, there was a push to move away from the traditional plowing, which more completely turned the soil over burying crop residue to lighter tillage methods or even no-tilling. Today, while we leave much crop residue, it's quite common to require a fungicide spray mid-season to limit disease. Maybe someone should mention that leaf fungus and some insects are carried over in crop residue. Bury last year's crop, and the disease pressure drops like a rock. I believe a lot of the push came from the Farm Bill and the idea if you want government dollars, you will do the government plan. The old golden rule adage, maybe someone should read the story of the miller and the mouse. 
The four-bottom plow I have in the shed is a bit small, but maybe a good investment. Lots of ground was worked with them in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's history and comment for the 22nd day of June. I'm Doug Tyrrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.